if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed, it is. Good morning to you. Thanks for joining us. It's eight minutes after the hour of nine o'clock right now, and this is a Tuesday edition of The Authority, the ninth morning of the third month of the year of our Lord, 2021. We're loaded up today, my friends, with a lot of very important people to talk to about a lot of very important topics. We're going to be talking with Wayne Allen Root at 935 this morning, so about a half an hour from now. Wayne Allen Root is a national, nationally syndicated host. He is a businessman, entrepreneur, a best-selling author, and he wrote... Perhaps the most important letter that any of us could write right now. It's a letter to Joe Manchin, a publicly open call letter to Joe Manchin, basically saying, uh, hey, Joe, we need you over here. We need you to save the republic. This is what I've been talking about for a while now, and you know this, as we try to tread water to get our way to 2022 and hopefully win back the House and stop some of the damage. We need Joe Manchin to stop some of the most seriously radical legislation in the United States Senate. And uh, Wayne Allen Root agrees and wrote an open letter to Joe Manchin saying, please join us on the Republican side. Uh, we know you're not going to be a perfect Republican, but you are certainly not going to help anybody in this country as a Democrat. So that's coming up at 935. Then at 1010, a story that I didn't even become aware of until last night when the Ohio Star and my friend Jack Windsor dropped this one. Melissa Atkinson, Atkinson former Ohio Senate candidate Melissa Atkinson. Atkinson. There's no N there, by the way. Atkinson whom we've had on this program, she's kind of a lightning rod because she is an unapologetic conservative and she just calls people out for who and what they are. Um, She got a visit by the FBI because somebody said she was at the Capitol January 6th during the riot and that she was an insurrectionist. The FBI came to investigate her. How did that story turn out? She will join us live along with Jack Windsor who wrote the story coming up at 1010 this morning. Then at 10.35, Trevor Loudon will be back with us. Trevor Loudon has, I, I don't know, maybe a, an optimistic look. He's going to offer some things, some suggestions, some ideas, some ways that we can potentially save this republic, which is right now looking like it may be very precarious. So that those are all of your guests today. Wayne Allen Root at 9.35, Melissa Atkinson and Jack Windsor at 10.10, and then Trevor Loudon at 10.35 this morning. But before we do anything else, would you please join us? as we pay tribute to our glorious country and tick off liberals at the same time with the recitation of our national anthem. I pledge allegiance to the flag 
of the United States of America. I'm going to stop it right there because I called it the national anthem because I'm a dope. My apologies. You know, of course, we are going to recite our pledge of allegiance. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America and to the republic for which it stands, one nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. Now we can get underway with the business of the people. Okay, I'm going to start this morning in New York City. Not that this matters too much to us here. I do have Cleveland stories as well. Matter of fact, pretty big Cleveland stories, stories including the fact that yesterday, Cleveland uh, uh, Metropolitan School District said schools would be back in session. But buildings were open, and buildings were empty. Teachers, students, all absent from the job and from the place of learning yesterday. And we're going to get into that coming up in a bit. And this is, of course, all because of the ridiculously cowardice, cowardly rather teachers' unions. But I want to start in New York. Because this is just mind-blowing to me. Simply mind-blowing. The wife of maybe the worst big city mayor in America. And that's a challenge. I <laughs> Do you remember this? Last year, actually, in the summertime, when we were getting Ted Wheeler in Portland, Oregon, and we were getting Carmen Best in um, uh, uh, Seattle, and we were getting uh, 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 London Breed in San Francisco, Trying to remember the all. Lori Lightfoot in Chicago. We had a worst mayor in America. Uh, round Robin, 16 mayor tournament, kind of March Madness style last year in the summertime. And, um, it was phenomenal, by the way. The response online to this was simply phenomenal. It was really, really great stuff. But one of them, of course, one of the top four seeds was Bill de Blasio, who may be the worst mayor in America. Maybe. Uh, he didn't win. He didn't win, but he may very well be. Bill de Blasio, it isn't just his city, it's his wife's city as well, the biggest city. Chief of New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio has decided that in the wake of her pushing her husband to defund and dismantle the New York City Police Department, that there is a rise in crime and that she has the solution. It's not refund the police department. Her suggestion now, and she took to Twitter, did uh, uh, Shirlene McRae, her suggestion now is handle it yourself. Shirlene Shirlene McRae, the wife of Bill de Blasio, is now urging residents to, and I quote, physically intervene, end quote, when you witness violent crimes taking place. Whereas once you might have called a police officer to do this, but we have gotten rid of police officers to the point where they're not around, you now act as the police officer. Of course, we would never call you such a vile word as a police officer, but you need to physically intervene. She took to Twitter on Saturday, the story just kind of making the rounds now, however, on Tuesday, amidst a huge spike in violent crime, particularly as they're finding out in New York against the Asian community for reasons unknown, but it's just, you know, there's been a spike. She says, quote, we are asking New Yorkers to show up for their neighbors and intervene when witnessing hateful violence or harassment. I know that can be frightening when you aren't sure what to do or say, but you can learn. 
Now, I want you to listen to Wokeness 2021 in its full glory here, okay? I'm going to give you her entire series of tweets. First of all, just that one. I know that can be frightening when you aren't sure what to do or say, but you can learn. You know, I I could be crazy here, but aren't there, like, places you can go to learn that kind of thing? What are those places called? Um, Institutions? No, 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 that's not it. Schools? Nope, 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 that's not it. Uh, Where are those places where you can go to learn how to intervene during violent crimes to try to protect people? What are those places, things, things called again? Um, oh, that's right. Academies. They're called academies. There's a modifier before that. What is it? Oh, that's right. I remember they're called police academies. That's where you learn how to intervene on behalf of victims of violence and harassment. She literally said, eh, people of New York, you can learn. Now, you might call that just jaw-dropping, you might call it completely and unapologetically stupid, and you would be right all the way around. Her second tweet in this series, she said, is, quote, fear is a normal feeling when stepping into a confrontation. (laughs) Do you think so? But being prepared can help. (laughs) Share the five Ds which are easy-to-remember tactics that we can all use to de-escalate a situation. Check them out, she says enthusiastically with an exclamation point. D is is for distract. The five Ds are for distract, delegate, document, delay, and direct. Now, I've got to pause here again just to kind of let you appreciate the full-on ignorance and stupidity of this woman and all liberal Democrats who wanted to defund police. They want you to pick up policing in their absence. So if you see somebody being robbed at gunpoint, you need to come in there to that situation and use the five Ds to end that situation. If you see somebody being Put yourself between the blade and the victim and use the five Ds. Police don't need to be on the scene. You've got this with your five Ds of how to de-escalate a situation. Are you ready? Number one, says the wife of the mayor of Bill de Blasio, who encouraged the defunding of police in the Big Apple, distract. Take attention away from the person causing harm, the hate crime, or the incident survivor, or situation itself. Just try interrupting it. Ignore the harasser and engage directly with the person who is being targeted by asking a question like, what time is it? I wonder if they teach that tactic at the police academy. Somebody is being attacked with a knife. Ignore the attacker and look at the person being attacked and say, hey, what time is it? That'll distract the attack. (laughs) Number two. Delegate. Scan the situation to assess risk and determine how best to intervene and delegate tasks. Take a look at your surroundings. If you can, find someone in a position of authority. Tell them about the situation and ask if they can help. What does that sound like to you? That's a familiar tactic. To me, that's a really familiar tactic. 
find someone in a position of authority and ask if they can help. In other words, it sounds like number two in the five D's to intervene in a violent crime situation is to call a friggin' cop. What an amazing idea. Except that you defunded them. You made number two obsolete. Shirlane McRae, wife of Bill de Blasio, you defunded the persons of authority who might be able to see if they can help. Number three. Document. Support a person in crisis by recording on your phone or writing notes. But please don't share the video without the consent of the person being harmed. See, say the date and time and show the location if you can. Most importantly, keep a safe distance! Exclamation point. Now, wait a minute. You just said to intervene. Now you want them to keep a safe distance while recording them. Now I'm just going to go ahead and throw this out on a limb here, Shirlane McRae. You want citizens to record violent crimes in process so that the violent crime is kept for posterity, number one. The victim, uh, you know, can have their uh, crime go viral or their, their uh, you know, the, the crime that they suffer go viral. And you don't expect that the harasser or attacker will then turn to the attention of the recorder knowing that their crime is now on video and could lead to them being prosecuted, they're probably not going to go after the person who is trying to use the five Ds by recording. Number four. There's only two more. Number four, delay. Check in with the survivor after the incident. This shows them that they are valued. Boy, that'll make it all all better, won't it? This is a great way to support your neighbor if they aren't feeling confident in the moment. After having been beaten or stabbed, yeah, if they're not feeling confident, ask them how they're doing. If they need support or if you can help them file a report. Yeah, that'll really help reduce and lessen crime. And finally, number five, direct. Respond directly to the aggressor. Uh Uh-oh. Respond directly to the aggressor or physically intervene. And only after assessing the situation. Be confident, assertive, and calm. This is risky, but sometimes all we can do is speak up. If the harasser responds, try your best to focus on assisting the person targeted. So after saying keep a safe distance and record the situation, after saying you got to ask the, uh, the victim what time it is, get in the middle of it. If somebody is being assaulted, stabbed, Lord only knows what, beaten, respond directly and physically intervene. After assessing the situation, if the harasser responds, try your best to focus on assisting the person targeted. So in other words, be a cop. Assess the situation and physically intervene to defend somebody. Be a cop. Except for the fact that the cops have been defunded and they aren't around. And except for the fact that One of the reasons cops won't intervene themselves anymore is because jackasses like you, Sherlane, would want to prosecute them if they got physically violent with the suspect. Cops get get, uh, uh, charged by people like you. And now you want untrained citizens to play the role of physically intervening police officers in violent situations. You can not make this stuff up.
This is the woke 2021 crowd. Defund police, get them out of our communities, then you act like police. And just don't worry about the fact that you might be sued for assaulting and and taking uh, the law into your own hands. Don't worry about that. Don't worry about potentially being charged yourself. And if you don't know how to do it, by the way, you'll learn. She tweeted all of these things non-sarcastically. This wasn't a spoof, satire, parody. This is reality. That's 2021. All right. Want to hear from you? 216-901-0945. We'll be right back. Bob France, here on AM 1420. The answer. Oh, my goodness gracious. That one's that one's just a keeper, boy. I'll tell you what. Wokeness on full display. No cops, no cops, no cops. Okay, people are getting hurt. Violent crime is on the rise. Okay, act like cops. Act like cops. It's literally what she is telling people to do. And she is the wife who has a major influence over the mayor of the largest city in the United States. Because she actually um, lobbied her own husband to help defund police. And she did. She got some $6 million diverted from police resources to other resources in New York City. Because she wields that kind of power. And this is what she says to do. Let's get reactions now. Charlie, the politically incorrect mechanic, my man in Lakewood. Hey, Charlie, go right ahead. Good morning, Bob. I don't even know where to start with this idiot. <laughs> so should we should we go for the fact that vigilantism is illegal and she's advocating for people to commit crimes, which I guess isn't surprising given her, her liberal status? Or should we talk about the amount of people that she is literally going to get killed if anybody would even think? I mean, what does she think? This is like, you know, 1970s Death Wish? Well, you know, Charlie, Charlie, she's either going to get people killed. Hold on. She's either going to get people killed or she's going to get people charged, which is exactly what cops face because of people like her. If you intervene with a violent crime in process, progress, you are either going to get killed by that violent criminal yourself or if you assault them, you are going to be charged because you're not a law enforcement officer. I wonder if she would be for some kind of, I don't know, immunity for somebody that was helping prevent the crime. I Maybe. wonder if she would be, I wonder if she would be for, I don't know, something like, um, um, the Second Amendment and arming right. citizens to defend themselves or others. Come on, Bob. That's, that's crazy talk there. <laughs> no, this whole thing is crazy, man. It really is, Charlie. And, uh, and I know you know that. It's just, what's, what's unbelievable to me is, like I said, this is totally non-sarcastic that she, she made these comments and the left isn't even speaking out against it. I know. I know. And this is just, let them eat each other. I guess I. I don't. I don't know what else. Well, you know, to, the, to, the, to the, the worst. It anymore. The worst part about it, though, is it is they're not that they're eating each other. They're eating the defenseless. Right. They really are eating the That's defenseless true. citizens who are right. being victimized here, including, according to what they're saying. And I don't know why there's a crime, uh, a, a spike in crime against Asian Americans, but nonetheless, these are the people who are being victimized. And she's saying the answer to that is not police. The answer to that is citizens going in there to act like police. Uh, Charlie, thanks for the call, brother. I appreciate it. It's always good to hear from you. Got to get out now because on the other side, Wayne Allen Root will join us to talk about how we can save this country through one man. One man, potentially. His name is Joe Manchin. I'll let Wayne explain that next. AM 1420, the answer.
All right, continuing now, as promised, I want to bring in a great guest. I really love this guy. I've had him on the program many times in the past, and uh, every time he comes on, uh, I get more and more fired up. He knows how to fire you up. He fired me up with this letter that he wrote this time to Joe Manchin, Senator Joe Manchin. We talk about this every day, about the importance of Joe Manchin, and uh, you know, just hoping that we can get him to not go along with the most radical of the Democrat legislation. Well, Wayne Allen Root wrote an open letter to Senator Joe Manchin, how one brave man, can save America and change the course of history. So let's bring on now Wayne Allen Root, who is a noted uh, pundit. He is a political pundit. He is a radio host, and he is the author of Trump Rules, Learn the Trump Rules and Tools of Mega Success and Wealth from the Greatest Warrior and Winner in History. Wayne Allen Root, good to have you back here in Cleveland. How are you, sir? Hey, Bob, and let me make a point, by the way, before I get to Joe Manchin, about my new book, Trump Rules, which was number one in 12 categories at Amazon for two months. And that is a lot of people think right off the bat, they go, oh, well, he's bragging about Trump, and Trump just lost for us. First of all, Trump got 11 million more votes than he did in 2016. Uh, after four years of being called Nazi, Hitler, uh, you know, fascist, every word, KKK, the most incredible array of media and social media and Censorship against a president in the history of the world. Four years of that, and impeachment, and besperching his name and saying he belongs in prison. The guy got 11 million more votes, won 18 of 19 bellwether counties, won Florida, won Ohio, won uh, Iowa. No one in history has ever lost with any of that. So, you know, look, my opinion is he won the election. My opinion is massive election fraud. But let's assume that Biden won fair and square, which I think is ridiculous. But let's assume he did. Trump pulled off a miracle after what he went through for four years. He proved the Trump rules do work against the most incredible array of enemies the world's ever known. He's still got 11 million more votes in the middle class. That's amazing. The guy is awesome. And I wrote a book that isn't about politics. It's the top 10 Trump rules that have powered his life and powered my life since I was a freshman at college and started studying Trump, who was building a big building down the street from my college, Columbia University. And he became my hero and my mentor. And I've used them in my life to, to you know, to change everything about my son of a butcher life and to become a nationally syndicated radio host and to become the CEO of a publicly traded company and to become a vice presidential candidate with the Libertarian Party. I mean, I've had 14 books, including, I think, eight national bestsellers. My life's incredible because of the Trump rules. So I think anyone could benefit from trying to learn a little bit about Trump and be a little bit more like Trump. Wayne, you hit on a couple of things that I want to follow up on before we get to the Mansion letter. Then uh, two things. Uh, well, the, the first one is you said your book is uh, a, to- a bestseller on Amazon in twelve different categories. Are you worried about being canceled? You see what Amazon has done to you know the book when Harry became Sally with no explanation whatsoever. <laughs> they just pulled it because they don't like the content of it because it doesn't necessarily go along with the wokeness of the day. Are you worried that a pro-Trump book is going to be able to last on Amazon that they won't just yank it without explanation? Well, it would be it would be incredible move because it's the only book out there that has nothing to do with politics. I don't think I ever mentioned politics in the book. All I talk about are are the top ten habits and rules and tools of Trump and his tool bag that have changed his life for all these years. And, and none of them mean you win all the time, by the way. In case anybody out there wants to be a wise ass and say, "Ah, oh, Trump's had losses. Trump failed. Trump lost the election. Trump failed in business." Hey, listen, if you own ten restaurants and nine of them fail, you know what you call a guy like that? 
millionaire. You only need one. And so Trump, I, I even list in the book, I think it's 35 or 38 massive failures in Trump's life. But he's been in a thousand deals and 38 have failed. That's what nobody understands. Right. 38 failures means nothing if you've hit it big in a hundred plus other deals and it's made you a billionaire. Who cares about the failures? So, you know, the book has nothing to do with politics. So I seriously doubt they're going to find any grounds to ban it. But if they do, I really don't care because I'm a businessman. As you know, I'm not your typical conservative radio talk I do my conservative three hours a day of radio as a hobby. My real business is running businesses, and they can't cancel my businesses. So I'm not too worried about these guys. I have a very nice living. I'm, I'm glad to hear that, really. Uh, I just I look at it, and I see the cover, and I see there's Orange Man Bad, and the words Trump <laughs> rules, and I can see the leftists over at Amazon going, oh, my gosh, we've got to get rid of it. <laughs> well, you, you know what happened to me at Twitter, right? I mean, we haven't talked since that happened, but I've been banned for life from Twitter. And they I never know. even told me I was banned, and they never even told me why I was banned. To this day, I have no idea, other than I assume I'm constantly pointing out examples of election fraud. You know, so I guess they don't like that. <laughs> Well, you know what? I I, ban, I beat Twitter to the ban. I banned Twitter before uh, it, got, it became cool to get kicked off of Twitter. Uh, I, I I gave up my account about seven months ago now, and I am so much happier for it. It is such a cesspool of toxic, uh, you know, leftism that I just cannot stand any longer. Real quick, well, last I, I question get it. on this. Listen, I, listen I'm, I'm Mr. Open-Minded. You know, I was a Libertarian VP nominee, and I'm the Libertarian ticket, and I always look at both sides of every issue, and I try to never, ever condemn anybody. There's two sides to every issue, and, and a lot of, the, you know, and a lot of times, both sides are good. I totally get the idea, screw Twitter, let's, you know, let's ban them, let's drop them. I totally get that because they're terrible people. But you have to understand my side. I had 153,000 loyal fans, and I believe you always get your message out, no matter where it is. That's, I could ban Amazon, and then I wouldn't but, sell But that's the thing, Wayne, but that's the thing, my friend. This is why I banned it, because you're right, both sides should be heard, but Twitter only let one side get heard. I can't see I all it. of your tweets. They shadow ban you. I had 30,000 followers. You had 150,000. Okay, guess what? It doesn't matter if they're banning what we send and what we want other people to see. It's not a two-way street. It's not free speech if only one side is allowed to speak. And that's when I said I won't be a party to that anymore. I get it. Believe me. But look at what they did to me in a matter of a couple of weeks. First, they banned me on Twitter, so I lost my ability to communicate with 153,000 fans. And then days later, I think it was days after, or maybe it was days before that, they deplatformed Parler, which was the one right. that I could speak on and had incredible interaction on. It had 96,000 fans, and it got more, you know, more views on that uh, on every single post I put out that I ever got on Twitter because of their shadow banning. So Parler was my main focus, and they got rid of both. Now, Parler come back. But I got to tell you, Bob, it's a shell of its former self. Everything I put out on Parler, I used to get somewhere between 20,000 and 200,000 shares. And everything I put out now on Parler, I get somewhere between a couple of hundred and a few thousand shares. So, I mean, Parler is not really back. Yeah. It's a shell of its former self. Maybe a year from now, we'll be back to where it was, but it's got major problems right now. So, in a matter of a, a span of a couple of weeks, they killed all the people that followed me on Twitter, and they killed all the people that followed me on parlor and then my book went from number one in 12 categories to number 99 do you understand what they're doing here that's the point i was promoting my products with twitter and parlor and facebook and, and and several conservative ones too i'm on like 10 different conservative social media but none of them work as well as twitter or facebook or instagram or youtube none of them have ever worked as well as those do and so they're making sure that all of us get cut off from the ability to make money they're deep 
deplatforming uh, conservatives' ability to communicate and, of course, to make any money to fund the system. This is what they've done to us. And, of course, it's no mistake, this is the plan. No question about it. We're talking to Wayne Allen Root. He's a nationally syndicated radio host, as you heard him say, best-selling author. And uh, he wrote a letter. And before, one more last question that is non-mansion before sure. we get to that letter. And because you mentioned being a vice presidential candidate for the Libertarian Party, it just brought to mind what President Trump said in his CPAC speech. He put it to bed that he would start a third party. He said, nope, we're just going to fix the Republican Party and we're going to unite and blah, blah, blah. It would only split the vote. What is your take on that? A lot of people still say the best move for him would be to take his 74 million votes he got in that election over to a third party. Nobody who has ever tried to start a third party and run a third party campaign has been successful because they all start from scratch. He'd be starting with 74 million people who already voted for him. Do you think he well, should Well, again, there's arguments on both sides, but in the end, i got to lean to Trump. It's just a lean, because I think it's still a valid argument to start a Patriots party or a true constitutional type party, but in the end, you look at history, and history certainly against you. The, the odds are we'd be splitting the Republican vote and you'd never win an election. You'd kill it for all of us. But I, here's my real answer. I don't know that any of it matters, Bob, because right now I fear the nation is destroyed. As we speak right now, Democrats are running and, and ramming through everything that could destroy us. It is clearly not about Democrats or liberals. It is a communist Marxist takeover of the United States of America. They're doing anything and everything they want to, you know, even though they, they lead by, what is it, five, you know, five votes, five seats in the uh, United States Congress, the closest in 100 years. They, they don't lead at all in the Senate. It's a 50-50 tie, only broken by Kamala Harris. They're, they're not in the lead. This is a completely 50-50 split country, and yet they're assuming they can ram through everything they want, and they're going to. Yeah. And when they do, if they pass this uh, this H.R. 1, no Republican's ever going to win again if we allow them to pass H.R. 1. And and the only thing standing between us and that is is the next two years. Because remember, you've got to wait till we win the Congress back in two years? Well, they're smart. They get it. You're never going to win the Congress back in two years. No matter how good we are, no matter how pathetic Democrats are, no matter how hated they are, I always come back to the same question. What does it matter what Democrats do and how hated they are and how many people they're turning against them if they figured out a way to fix elections through voter fraud and you can never win a fair and square election? Then it doesn't matter. And that's what Democrats are doing. None of it matters if you allow elections to be stolen. Very well said, Wayne Allen Root. Now let's talk about those elections being stolen. Let's talk about H.R. 1 passing. If it does get past the Senate, it's going to need a vote from Joe Manchin. So let's get into this. You wrote a letter to Joe Manchin, and by the way, I'll invite people to read it at your website, rootforamerica.com. That's where I'm looking at it right now. Uh, open letter to Joe Manchin. You described JFK, and correctly, that he would never be accepted in today's Democrat Party. He would be a Republican. And by the same standards, Joe Manchin is pretty much a Republican, operating in what should be a pretty much Republican state of West Virginia, yet he is a Democrat and he is the key guy now. He has more power maybe than anybody in D.C. because he can stop what you just described as a communist Marxist takeover of this country by voting with the Republicans to stop some of the most radical legislation. Tell me what else you have to say to him in this letter. Well, you know, look, let, let me uh, make sure everybody knows I'm a sane person. I'm not crazy. I don't assume this is, uh, you know, there's a fake to complete or anything easy. This guy, Manchin, is, is uh, over time, he tries to act moderate. He puts out a great brand as moderate because he knows his people of West Virginia are ultra-conservative, and he didn't act like he was moderate. They throw him out. But the reality is, you know, even though I'm the guy making the plea to him, the reality is Joe Manchin almost always votes with Democrats. You know, he's the one that causes a little bit of trouble, as he did with the COVID 
COVID bill, just as he's doing now with the climate bill and the infrastructure bill. He's always the one or one of two holdouts, and he tries to make it more moderate. But when you look at what he tries to do, in the end, he makes it slightly more moderate. So instead of being a completely communist bill, it's 90% communist bill. Big deal. You're still ruining the United States of America. So don't think I'm naive. He's no conservative. He, you know, at best, what, Ma- what Manchin really is, is he's kind of a, a Mitch McConnell. He's kind of a uh, Murkowski, and I can't stand any of them either. He's a rhino, moderate, maybe, maybe moderate Republican, uh, unless he's a wolf and she's closing, and he's really very, very liberal, and he's just acting that way. So it's not like I'm naive. It's not like I don't know what this guy is. If you added him to the GOP, it would help us. It would certainly slow down Biden's agenda for the next two to four years. But, but having said that, he's the ultimate rhino if he becomes a Republican, you know, who votes at best 50-50 on our side if he becomes a Republican. As a Democrat, he's 70% against us and 30% with us. That's more than any other Democrat. It still means 70% of the time or more he votes with the Democrat leadership on bills to destroy the United States of America. So it's not like I like well, I think the, the key guy. Is which ones, you know? though? You know, which 30%? That's, if, if, we, if, if 30 per, the 30% that he votes with the Republicans, Republicans on is to stop the abolition of the Electoral College, to stop the packing of the Supreme Court, to stop, you know, D.C. and Puerto Rico estates. If we can count on him for those, the, the, uh, the uh, abolition of the filibuster, the legislative filibuster, if, if the 30% is on the right things, we can, we can live with him and we can survive and tread water until 2022 and have a shot, right? You'd think he'd notice, you know, when you read my letter, he'd notice that Democrats are destroying the country. You'd think a guy who represents his West Virginia working and middle class constituents would understand that opening the borders, as, as Biden has done, like no one in history, you know, and I don't think it's Biden. I call him O-Biden. I think Obama's president. I've written that commentary, too. But Joe Biden is a puppet. Joe Biden is in such severe cognitive decline. It's not even a question anymore whether he has bad dementia. He's got bad dementia, and he can't be president. The United States. You couldn't let him drive a car. You wouldn't let him be alone with the grandkids. You know, they'd wind up dead in the swimming pool. You couldn't let Joe Biden be by himself in a house. He'd hurt himself. You know, he'd stick his finger in an electrical outlet. This guy, and I'm not trying to joke, this guy is deeply, deeply, deeply uh, brain troubled. He can't put two sentences together. And, and I'm about to write a commentary today, by the way, Bob. Your people are about to hear about one that hasn't even come out yet. It's going to be entitled Every One of Us Has to Call Our Congress people and demand Joe Biden give a State of the Union. I want the whole world to see how bad Joe Biden is, and they'll never let him do it. Joe Biden will never give a State of the Union because he doesn't have the ability to speak for more than a couple of sentences on teleprompter ever again. So there will never again be a State of the Union. He'll be hidden in the basement of the White House in a wheelchair, and he'll be fed baby food, and he's got diapers on. Is it, is it not in the Constitution? Is. Isn't it constitutionally required for the president to give that? I think it's, I don't think there's anything in the Constitution. I'm pretty sure all this is is, is it's become a you know a, a pattern that presidents do it, but and it's expected, but it's not the law. There's no law that says you have to give a State of the Union, and, and I believe it's expected always by the last day of February. He's already missed that, and there's no plans to give it, and that's because everybody knows how bad Joe Biden's cognitive decline is. Since November 3rd, it's bad. So you know you're dealing with someone who's not even there. I think Obama's the real president. Biden's a 
puppet. Obama's a puppet, too, by the way. I think the real rulers of America at this point is we're in the hands of the Communist Chinese Party and the Mexican drug cartels and George Soros and Valerie Jarrett. Those are the kind of people that are running America and giving orders to Obama, who's the real president, and Biden is sitting in the basement in his wheelchair. That's really what it comes down to. Well, so we're in a lot of trouble, and the next two years, their whole goal is to make it the law, make it the Constitution, that you could steal elections without a problem. Everybody gets the vote. There's never going to be voter ID. It's all through the mail. Everyone can register instantly on the day of the election. Nobody's ever checking if you're real, if you're dead, if you're illegal, and the Democrats will never lose again. This is what they're trying to do. And so I try to, you know, I'm trying to come up with ways to slow it, to stop it, to block it. Manchin is one of many ideas I have. I wrote about Manchin because he clearly is the only slightly well, sane What, what is your prediction on that, then, Wayne? Will Manchin join the Democrats on H.R. 1? Uh, my prediction is a very long shot that my column will make a difference and he'll ever switch over to GOP. And he said today, I mean, see, I'm kind of right and I'm kind of wrong already. Today, he's the one holdout for some big $4 trillion climate change infrastructure deal. It's not about H.R. 1, but it's about a gigantic $4 trillion deal that will bankrupt the United States. And, of course, climate change, you know, is real. Climate does change. It has since the beginning of time. But if you're going to spend $4 trillion, you're going to bankrupt the middle class and, and destroy millions of American jobs. It's insanity. It's a suicide bomb. And so he already said he's the one Democrat that's willing to hold out and ruin the whole thing. But then you read a little deeper into the column. Guess what he wants in return for voting for it? He says, I want it to all be paid for. So the only way I'm voting for this is if you raise $4 trillion in new taxes. Oh, that's great, Joe. Thanks a lot. So Wayne Root, the small businessman, is about to get a massive tax increase so that you can say yes to spending $4 trillion on climate change that will kill the middle class and destroy small business and destroy any chance for jobs in this country for the next 20 years. So, I mean, they're all no good. That's the problem. Is he more moderate than the rest? Yes. Is he a total suicide bomber? No. But is he a semi-communist Marxist suicide bomber? Yes. So he's already screwed up the whole thing. There's your problem. Wayne Allen Root laying it out on Joe Manchin, calling for him to switch to a Republican, even though he might only be 50-50 there. It's better than 70-30. It's a good point. The open letter, you can read it again at Wayne's website, which is um, rootforamerica.com, rootforamerica.com, Wayne Allen Root. And also, the name of the book, Trump Rules, the latest bestseller from uh, Wayne Allen Root. Trump Rules, learn the Trump Rules and tools of MAGA success and wealth from the greatest warrior and winner in history. Wayne, thank you so much. Keep up the great work. Keep up that great energy. And do me a favor, find some optimism because you're starting to get bogged down in a little bit of this pessimism. We need guys like you to help lift us up, all right? All right, you got it. Thanks, Bob. God bless. Thank you, Wayne. Appreciate you. That's Wayne Allen Root on AM 1420, The Answer, and we'll be right back. Here on AM 1420, The Answer. Great stuff by Wayne Allen Root. Uh, really enjoyed that conversation. Dude is fired up. He always gets me fired up, as I said at the beginning of that conversation. Uh, man, I don't know where he gets that energy from. Sounds like he's on about six Red Bulls. and uh, but He's got his stuff together. Uh, by the way, he mentioned about Joe Biden, who is an obvious cognitive decline. His mental acuity is... 
it's a disaster. I mean, let's be honest with you. The people are calling it Dementia Joe, which is not intended to be an insult to people who, uh, insult to people who suffer dementia. But in all seriousness, he is not all there. And a great example of that happened again yesterday. It's pretty much daily. But he was giving a speech um, uh, about International Women's Day yesterday. And he was trying to reference the Secretary of Defense, Lloyd Austin. Joe Biden had no earthly idea who he was. You think I'm kidding? Listen. I just want to thank you both, and I want to thank the, the uh, former general. I keep calling him general, but my, my, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. Uh, I want to make sure we thank the secretary for all he's done to try to implement what we just talked about and for recommending these two women for promotion. Thank you all. May God bless you all, and may God protect our troops. So I want to say thank you to the uh, sec, uh, uh, the the former general. Um, I keep calling him general, but my uh, uh, the guy who runs that outfit over there. I want to thank him for for all he's done to try to implement what we just talked about. This guy doesn't know his own Secretary of Defense. He doesn't know where he is or why he's there. Why do you think he has not been forced? to be propped up in front of a, a, a pool of reporters holding a White House press conference yet. 50-plus days in now. No one, no president in the last 100 years has ever done that. And he still is not giving a, a State of the Union address. It's unbelievable. Uh, Mark is in Fairview Park. Let's get a call in here before the top of the hour. Hey, Mark, you're on the air. Go ahead. Morning, Bob. Uh, hey, to Joe Biden, this general might as well be Idi Amin. <laughs> as far as he knows, yeah. He doesn't know who it is. Anyhow, the subject I wanted to talk about, I've got like a third cousin, goes back many years. His name was Jim Tully. He was a uh, writer, agent to Charlie Chaplin, and he was in some movies also. But the reason I bring him up, he had a very uh, good friend back then. Uh, I don't know if you're the renowned uh, H.L. Mencken. i got to get you know. to the point, my friend. I don't have a lot oh, of time okay. for the backstory. Go yeah, ahead. I, I got it. But anyhow, he was a journalist in the early part of the 20th century, and he made a uh, famous quote, which... I can't really hold uh, true to all the Americans because, you know, we had so much great support for Trump and everything. But his, re- his quote was, uh, nobody ever went broke underestimating the stupidity of the American people. And to me, that, boy, for these Dems, boy, that, that uh, statement really resonates amongst these Trump derangement syndrome dem- Democrats and their, their plans to defund the police and everything else they have on their agenda. Yeah, Thanks well, for your you, time, Bob. You're a thousand, thank you, my friend. Appreciate the phone call. You're a thousand percent right. Uh, <laughs> you will never go broke. That's a great line, uh, uh, underestimating the stupidity of the American people. And the American people vote for politicians who defund police and then have those same politicians tell you, hey, you go act like police. Good luck with that. 10 o'clock, news time. On the flip side, we're going to talk to Jack Windsor and Melissa Atkinson. Melissa Atkinson is a former Senate candidate, who state Senate candidate, who had a visit from the FBI this week. And the reason why is amazing. And I'm going to let her and Jack Windsor tell you that story coming up.